This morning to True Vine Worship Center. How many came sitting on ready, as Brother Slade used to say? Just ready to gather together, to worship together, just pour everything that we are onto the Lord this morning because He's got something special in store for each and every one of us. Amen. Amen. I mean, we're going to live um, in the glory. If we're going to do that, then we've got to experience that together here. Amen. So let's just pray that God will just fill this place, that each one will be touched at the most center place of their heart. God knows how to go in and reach in those places that may seem dry and may seem untouchable, but our loving Father knows how to reach those places and burst them wide open and just fill it with His love, fill it with His amazing grace, fill it with His that river of love that flows out of them. Amen. So we're just coming together and we're just going to lift each other up and we're just going to worship the Lord this morning and let's see what God has in store. Amen. Everybody say, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm receiving this morning and I'm just going to pour out to the Lord. Let's do it.
can't stop singing about the love of Jesus. We can't stop singing about the God that has redeemed us, that has um, restored us, that has revived us in every day, in every situation. Amen. Amen. Um, I just want to give honor to a God who is faithful, who is um, trustworthy, who always comes through for you no matter what you're going through or what situation is coming your way. God is here. God is faithful. He keeps his promises. He is faithful to us, and he will continue to be faithful to us. So just worship with us this morning. through the ages God of Abraham God of God faithful promises time and time again you have proven you do just what you say though the storms may come and the I will 
great is your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness to me. I'm going to say to me because I don't know how faithful he's been to you, but great is his faithfulness to me. Even when I didn't deserve it, he was still faithful. I love the part where it says, I put my trust in Jesus. My anchor to the ground. Because if I'm anchored in Jesus, when he takes me out to the deep, I won't go too far because he has me. And, and sometimes even when I know my heart might need a surgeon, he's that too. I'm just grateful to have a father that I can run to. Yeah. 
Come on, let's just honor that name, that name above all names. Hallelujah. Can you just raise your arms to the Lord? Can you give him a shout in the house? Hallelujah. At that name, every knee shall bow. Hallelujah. At that name, every knee shall bow. It's through the name of Jesus that all things will take place. Hallelujah. It's a powerful, powerful name. Can we just rejoice in the name of the Lord this morning? Hallelujah. It's in his name. We thank you, Father. Lord, we rejoice in your name, Lord. Hallelujah. What a wonderful, wonderful name of Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah. My God, my God. Thank you, Jesus, Lord, for your sweet, sweet spirit in the house today. Thank you, Lord. Have thy way, Father, as you're breathing, Lord, and moving, God, Lord, from, from uh, top to bottom, from east to west, Lord. I thank you, Father. Lord, blow on us, Lord. Breathe on us today, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for that name. Thank you at that name, every knee shall bow. We speak to those things and command them to bow in the name of Jesus that are coming against us, that are attacking. And we rejoice in knowing, Father, that you are our faithful God, our forever friend. God, you are the one that holds us the closest, Father. Lord, that we can run, Father, into you and be safe, Lord Jesus, that strong tower, God. We thank you, Father that you know the most innermost parts of our being, God. Lord, that you know our thoughts before we think of, Lord. God, Lord, that you prepared a way, Father, Lord, that we don't even realize, God. Lord, that you've opened doors for us, God, and you've closed doors, God. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you're faithful and trustworthy, Lord. We thank you for the times, Lord, when you healed our bodies, God, when you delivered us from those diseases, God. We thank you, Lord, when you healed us, God. We thank you for our testimonies today, God. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that we are never alone, God. That you are ever present, God, and ever help, God, in times of trouble, God. Lord, we just rejoice in you today. We thank you, Lord. We love you, Lord. you love him this morning.
worshiping those last few minutes I just saw the Lord just pouring upon heads all over in the congregation just pouring that oil fall Lord that anointing oil upon each of the heads God and it's flowing through your bodies and it's washing away any impurities it's washing away anything that has tried to attach itself to you is washing away is giving you a clear focus again it's giving you a clear mind father and a heart that's pure God, create in me a clear heart, O Lord. Renew within me a right spirit. And that's what the Lord is doing today. He's just pouring on us. Hallelujah. He's just pouring on each one. From the balcony to the front, Lord. From the drum case to the piano. God, from the children's church room, I just see him pouring all over this place. Hallelujah. He is setting aside this place and you for his purpose. Just cleansing us this Father, it's like taking a fresh shower in His love, just bathe in His love and in His presence. Hallelujah! 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 Just soak it in, just soak it in. Thank you, my Father. Hallelujah! Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. He is awesome, He is worthy, He is wonderful. My God, our Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, all, my all and my everything. Amen. Hallelujah. My God, such a special time in the presence of God this morning. He's so, he's such a good, good Father. I don't know any other way. You hear me say that a lot because I don't know what else to use in that expression. He's just a good, good Father. He just knows exactly what we need when we need it. Thank you, Lord, for the refreshing this morning. Thank you, Lord, for your touch. Praise God. We're going to go ahead and receive our tithing offering this morning. If you um, have brought your, your tithe and your offering, and you can present it here in just a minute. There's also other ways to give. This is good ground, and God's got a purpose and a plan, and it's just the beginning. You're getting. Uh, we've been here a long, long time, but this is a new season. And God is just beginning um, or getting ready, I guess. I felt for years and years that Truvine was kind of in a cave and he was uh, kept almost hidden from others. And um, I've heard the Lord say within the last year probably that he's just exploding it and he's unveiling. I think is the word that he used. He's just unveiling it. And in order to do what um, he intends for us to do, um, it's going to take all of us to be ready and to be focused and to be purposed. But I know that this is good ground to sow in. So if you have your tithe, you're off and raise it unto the Lord. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your presence and what you've already done in this place, Father, for the cleansing, Lord, that 
I hope all of us have experienced this morning. And Father, as we give, Lord, I just ask you to take that seed, Lord, in your hand, Father. Lord, that you blow on that seed, Father, and cause it to go in ground, good ground, Father. And Lord, that it will come back. And Lord, that I'll bring forth a mighty harvest in their lives. I thank you, Father, for always making a way, for always making a way. I thank you, God, that there's always in the kingdom more than enough. Father, it's more than what we see, Father, but it's what you blow on and that you breathe on. So thank you, Lord, for doing that. In your name, Father, we give and we thank you and we praise you. Amen and amen. Come give your gift unto the Lord this morning. Praise God. While they're doing that, I just want to remind you, next Sunday is our Move Up Sunday. So um, parents come, children bring your parents and grandparents and, and everyone else. And if you have a child that's going from our nursery class into children's church, please let me know. We don't want to leave anybody out. Or if you have a child that is beginning middle school, so they've started in the sixth grade, I also need to know that. Those are the children that we will be honoring next week. So Praise God, it's an exciting time, um, what, the, what the Lord does during that time. Praise God. So I'm guessing we have children's church and nursery, and they can be dismissed now. Yep. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Ain't God good? And all the time, <laughs> God is good. God is good. Well, I have a um, very special surprise for you today, the one that I've been so excited about all week long, and um, it's an it's a answer to prayer. Um, Lord, help me not to get too emotional, but, um, you know, you pray about things for so long, and then when you start seeing it come to pass, it's just... It's just one of those things that tug at your heart. So this morning, legacy will continue. And uh, Jacob Button is going to minister on to us today. And I could not be more proud to present onto you, my grandson, the legacy, three preachers, generation, three in a row. And it's just the beginning of another generation stepping forth. Stand to your feet, if you will. Let's honor him this morning as he takes the pulpit. stepping out of some comfort zones today. Uh, so most of you guys know we were in Florida last weekend. We were on our way home and then dad was kind of mentioning what he was thinking about doing this week. And kind of out of, out of the blue, I was just like, I'll preach someday if you want me to. And I think he, I think he thought I was joking a little bit. I'm surprised I was actually being that serious because it just, it just kind of happened. And here we are today. But before we start, I want to read something Dad actually sent me. So when we, when, we, when we were in Florida, there was a man that came up that said he had, I think it was infections in his kidney. I'm not sure exactly what was going on, but we got news today. This is a text my dad got. Hey, man. I just wanted to inform you of some wonderful news. Donovan, the gentleman you prayed for in regards to his kidneys, has been called back to the doctors. 
this week, and all of his body levels and his kidneys have come back as normal. Not showing any issues. They are continuing to monitor him, but just had to share the miracle with you. We, we believe he is completely healed. Thank you for your prayers. Love you. The kingdom of this earth have become the kingdom of our God. So great news. Great news down in Florida. Before I get started, I want to, I just want to say I would definitely not be up on this stage if it wasn't for my father. He has poured tremendous amounts of blessings and taught me and walked me in the correct path. And I wouldn't even be up here if it wasn't for my grandfather. So I want to say that this would not be possible without him today. So I'm going to talk about stepping into the unknown. I'm going to talk through my heart and talk somewhat about personal stuff that is resonated in me and in my life. So anyways, I thought I'd talk about stepping into the unknown, walking, walking into your true identity, your true self in Jesus Christ. So I talk, I talk a little bit about floods that happen in your life and ways to avoid them, ways to map out where you are in your life, the situation you're in, ways to aim for your true identity in Christ to walk into your full potential. So we're going to start with Adam. In the garden, Adam's in the Garden of Eden. Now, the, the word paradise comes from the word paradiso, which means wild garden. So paradise is a garden, the Garden of Eden. They are in paradise. They are their true selves, their true form, truly in one accord with Jesus. So Adam, Adam, you know the story. He eats of the apple. He eats of the tree. He gives it to him, and he falls. That's the flood, the fall. He falls He falls away from his true, seeing himself as his true identity of Christ, in Christ. That's the flood. Now, how, how do we get back to that paradisal state? How do we get back to paradise? That's some of the questions I'm going to talk about today. But the word, we're talking about identity here, and the word identity is interesting. I was looking it up. It comes from the Latin word, Adam, I-D-E-M, which means the same. So identity is the same. Seeing yourself in your true identity, you're the same as Jesus Christ. This is, you know, my da- you've heard my dad talk about this. It's the same. You're in the same chord, same as Jesus Christ. So, is that the word that Danny came from? So Adam gets the apple. He's a flood rushes into the garden. He's flooded out of the garden, and he's lost his true identity. Now, you all know the story of Noah, the actual flood that happened. So Noah, we know in the Bible that Noah walks with God. So Adam walked with God when he saw himself in his true identity. So Noah has his sense of true identity. He's walking with God. And that gives Noah the ability to ride out the flood. The flood does not hit Noah. So ways, how does, how does the flood happen? How does the flood Come into your life. What are, the, what are the ways that you get you lose your sense of true identity, and the flood hits you? A couple ways floods happen. One, things fall apart on their own voluntarily. Let's say, if if you buy a car and you run it, you run, you run it. You don't you don't look at the oil. You don't change it. You don't do nothing. The car is going to fall apart unless you maintain it. And then all of a sudden you're you're driving on the highway. Your car breaks down, you're stuck, and you're you're ticked off, you're overwhelmed, this this all this this flood of emotions is hitting you, 
and you kind of think, hmm, if I had just maybe gotten that rattle taken out a long time ago when the check engine light came on, if I would have gotten the oil changed, would I be in the situation I am in today? So things fall apart on their own voluntary. That, that's a way for a flood to happen. That's, that's, I think that's probably how it happened in the garden. Adam, his job was to tend the garden, to take care of it. So him not tending it caused the flood to happen. Make sense? Two, willful blindness and ignorance to problems around you. So you notice the problem. Let's say, I don't know, let's say something comes up with your taxes. You have a bill to pay. You, you're kind of, you know, you don't want to worry about it. It's small, so you leave, you leave it on the counter. Well, you let it go, and you're, you're going to have significant problems in the coming future by not paying that bill as it was small. Make sense? Then you're hit with another flood. Maybe you're, maybe you're feeling small fits of you're starting to feel you're starting to maybe you're starting to fight with your partner a little bit maybe you're starting to have little scuffles here and there and then you ignore it you let it you don't you don't stop it you don't hit the root of the problem go to it and solve it before it happens and then it blows up and then boom where are you now second way a flood can happen and what i see what I've seen in most people is when the, when the flood hits, it's like, well, how, how did this happen to me? I, you know, all of a sudden, out of the blue, how did it happen to me? Well, you weren't prepared. How do you know you're not prepared? Well, you got flooded out. So when you're flooded out, you're lost. You've lost your sense of identity. You're lost. Now, you're lost, but you're somewhere, because you have to be somewhere, now, you might not know where that, where that is, which means it's somewhere chaotic. So you're lost, and the problem with being lost is you don't know where to go, you have no aim, and you have no identity. So, now you must identify where you are to get where you want to go. You, you, how, how did I get in this state? Where did I, what, what are the steps that led to me getting right here? You look at your past. Okay, God, what problems did I, what problems happened to me? What issues came up? That led me to being in this state right here. You identify where you are and map out where you want to go. And it was this is a lesson for me. It's hard, it's hard, but I'm learning. People often don't want to know where they are. They'd rather be spread out in a half-blind manner in the fall, hoping at the place they're they're at is better than it really is and deluding themselves by remaining vague and to figure out I'm right here right now with these problems so don't allow yourself to dwell in a place you know is not good otherwise when you leave it it still has effects on you we we either and when you're lost in that pain we either become trans we either transform our pain or risk becoming transmitters of our pain Is that always good? Yeah. <laughs> I'll say it again, but I must say I thought it was also good when Randall said it here a year and a half ago. But I, I, I thought it tied in well with my message. We either transform our pain or risk becoming transmitters of our pain. Yeah, I heard that last night and I was like, ooh, that fits. 
So how do we find our identity? We map out where we are, where we want to go. You take a name. You shoot for it. You see the person you want to be. You see the relationship with Jesus Christ you want to have. Okay? You see the relationship. You see who you want to be in this world. You see the relationship you want to have with your partner. I see the relationship I want to have with my mom. I see the relationship I want to have with Abby, with my brothers and sisters. You name it. So let's take a moment. Take a moment and consider what your life would be like in order for it to be worthwhile. What what could you be? What's everything you could be if you hit it, you saw a goal, you aimed for it, and you pursued it nonstop? What's, what's, what's everything you could be in this world? What's your, what's your potential? Think about that for a moment. Now, think about where, what, what's the worst thing that could happen to you if you stay in the state you are right now. And I mean, because that doesn't motivate you to get up and go... So, one of the good things about identifying where you are, and if you know where you are, then you know when you're failing. Does that make sense? So don't hide, don't hide things. In, don't hide things. If you know they're there, attack them and confront them. When you're fully awake to your errors and take advantage of every opportunity, put. Before you, you have no idea what the limit of transformation might be unless you're firm in your identity. You're going to get stopped. You're going to suffer. You're going to get hit with anxiety. You're going to get hit with emotional pain, problems, you name it. Unless you have something to meet it with equivalent force, then you're, you're stopped. You're, you're, you're done. But the force, that force that you meet it with with equivalence is your full identity in Jesus Christ. Knowing your full identity in Christ is what helps you grapple with the fundamental existential problems of life. So you need that deeper form of relationship, that deeper form of identity with Christ. If not, then you're beset by doubts, you're beset by anxiety, and you're easy to stop, and you don't have much motivation. If you're not careful, I love this quote, if you're not careful, the world will ask you who you are. And if you're not careful, the world will tell you. So, you, you identify where you are, you identify your crisis, and then I'm going to, let's say I'm going to reach to my true identity. I see everything I could be, I'm going to reach for it. I take an aim for that, for that, my highest potential, for my highest true self. And this is a fun fact biologically that I was looking at. You have a perceptual system that's mediated by dopamine in your brain. It's the, and it's the dopaminergic system that responds with positive emotion to indicate that you've encountered something that will facilitate your movement towards a goal. So you have a goal, you have a name, and that's what turns the world into a positive place. Higher the aim, the more positive emotion. So the question is, can you take the leap? Can you take the jump? Can you take the aim to it? You know... Let's say, how many, how many times have you started a project and, you know, you're getting, you're seeing it done right before your eyes and you're getting that rush, you're getting that excitement, you're happy, and then when you sit back when it's all said and done, you're like, oh, man. You get that rush of, rush of emotion, rush of 
rush of good feeling and com- satisfaction and completion. But a lot of times we, we settle for lower fate uh, substitutes. Whether that's, you know, I don't know. Whether you try to get that in alcohol, whether you try to get that in through, you know, drugs through, I don't, I don't know, you name it. But we settle. But the, the aim that's never, never, that you can ne- never, I guess, complete, There's, it's a never-ending aim, is your true identity in Jesus. So you can never lose that satisfaction. You will always be hitting that positive emotion to get to your true identity. So the question is, can you take the jump? Can you take the aim? Can you step into the unknown? So we're going to jump into Peter's shoes for a second. So, Peter, he's on the boat, right? You know the story. There's a storm happening, and it's a, it's a really bad storm. Peter sees Jesus, and where does he see him in the unknown? There's Jesus. There's the storm. The storm is the unknown. Jesus is over there. Peter sees Jesus in the unknown. He sees everything he could be, his true identity in Christ, the problem, the issue with Peter is, can he step out? Can he go into the unknown to grab it, to be his full potential? So Peter, he's on the boat, right? He sees Jesus. And it's, I will say, it's pretty comforting to know that Jesus is in the midst, the present of, presence in the unknown. A lot of times people are too afraid to go in there to step into the unknown. I, I don't think we exactly fear the unknown. We fear what we know about the unknown. So right there is a perfect example. Jesus is in the unknown. Jesus is in the unknown. So Peter steps out on the boat. Now, I want to, this is, you know, you know the story. He obviously, Peter steps out on the boat. He, he sees everything he could be. He takes the jump. And how does it work out for him? He can't let go of the person he used, his old identity, the person he used to be, the fisherman. But he gets so caught up in that that he loses sight of his true identity, and bam, he sinks. So there's, a, there's another, this is a theory I, I, that's gripped me for a little while that I want to share. And it's, um, it's, the, it's, it's derived from a Jungian perspective, actually. It's Carl Jung. He says, it's called um, progressive restoration of the persona. So let's say you take a jump, you take a leap, things don't, things don't work out, so what you do is you run back. I mean, let's say you're in your parents' house. You take a leap of faith. You try to go out on your own. Things don't work out. You run back, and you try to hide in your old identity. But things don't, things don't work out because that's not who you are anymore. You've, you've learned some things. You've, you've, got some, you've got a taste of it. You've got a taste of this new person you could be, everything you could be. So you run back and you hide in your old identity, right? You're in there, and what you have to do is to fit back in your old identity, to fit back in this box, you have to cut crucial parts of yourself that you learn stepping out into your true identity. So back to Peter. He steps out. He, he sinks. Jesus saves him, you know the story. And this is another thing that's fascinating to me biologically. You have, so when you, when you push yourself voluntarily, your body 
literally produces new genes and code for new proteins. So when you manifest something new out of you, something new emerges to cope with that. Does that make sense? So the more you push yourself voluntarily, the more you step out in your true identity, you, your body produces new, new, new proteins, new, all, new everything. So you, you have no clue if you push yourself to the limit, if you push yourself to the max, what's, what all could come out of you. Does that make sense? So you turn on those things to help you cope with your new, new self, what you've learned new. What would happen if you got them all turned on? What would happen if you pushed yourself and kept pushing yourself and kept pushing yourself and you got them all turned on? Well, the answer is, the answer is you would be who you should be. So anyways, Peter steps off the boat. He steps out into the unknown. He takes the leap. He sees everything he could be. But what happens is he's aware of what could happen in his old identity as a, as a fisherman. Go walk, walk into his full identity, a son of God. So what happens, we fast forward a little bit in the story. You know, Jesus has been arrested. Jesus has been, he's captured, and the lady sees him. You, you know him. I've seen you with him. Peter says, no, I don't know him. Three times Peter denies Jesus. Hiding back in his old identity. So Peter, you know, Jesus, after the cross, Peter, he, he's filled with, I guess, doubt, emotions, and is it probably his anxieties through the roof. He's, he's hiding back. He goes to try to be his old self. Forget it. I'm, I'm done with that. I messed up. I'm going to go try to hide in this box. I'm going to go back to my old identity. I'm going to go back in the box. I'm going to cut crucial parts of myself off that I learned spending every day with the Messiah for the last who knows how long. I'm going to go be the old person I was and try to fit back in the box. So he's back, his old identity, he's isolating himself. But one of the issues with isolation is. When you're in isolation, when you're choosing to remain in exile, when you're choosing to not walk into your identity, when you're in isolation, you are avoiding transformation. So Jesus rises from the grave, defeats death, he's talking to the disciples. And let me jump over. So the disciples are out. This is after Jesus is resurrected. The disciples are out there fishing. They see Jesus from the shoreline. They come in. You know, Jesus asked them, let's, Jesus asked them, let's pick up some of the fish. They're eating. After breakfast, Jesus says to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more, more than these? Yes, master, you know I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. He asked the second time, you know the story. Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, master, you know I love you. Shepherd my sheep. Then he said a third time, Simon, son of, son of John, do you love me? Peter was upset that he asked for a third time, do you love me? So he answered, master, you know everything there is to know. 
you've got to know that I love you. So for the three times Peter denied Jesus, God asked him three times, do you love me? Completely restoring him in his true identity. So I'm, I'm, I'm here to, what I want to talk about is to encourage you. Let's say you are still in that boat. Let's say, let's say you see everything you could be. You see, the, you see the unknown, but you're too afraid to step out into it. Maybe you have stepped out into it. Maybe you got hit hard. Maybe you feel like you failed. Maybe right now you're trying to hide back in your old identity, cutting crucial parts of yourself off and holding yourself in isolation so you cannot grow and become your true identity to your, to your true self. So I want to talk a little bit about that, that today to encourage you, take the step. Take out to walk out into your own identity. So it comes down to, can you brave the unknown? Can you become everything you could be in Christ? I know the unknown can be terrifying. It's dark, it's void, and you're not sure what's in there. But your story isn't over. Some of you may, may have tried stepping into the unknown. Some of you may have still be on that boat, waiting, waiting for your opportunity. Should I brave the water? Should I step in? Maybe I'm just going to put my toe in. Jump into the unknown. Because you see yourself, you see the aim, you see this person you want to be, that's Jesus on the other end. You see the unknown, can you step out into it and grab your true identity? And when you grab your true identity, that is when you come back in to paradise. That's when you go right back into the garden, into paradise. So I'm here to encourage you today to take that step to become full sons and daughters, completely wrapped in his love and the fullness of your identity. What I saw, I'm, it's, I'm in a state right now where I'm just honestly kind of tired of just, I'm, I'm, I don't know about you, but I felt it over the church, especially for me. One of the reasons I took, I guess one of the reasons I wanted to take the stage is to, another way I, I talked about it, of pushing myself. Because taking this step is I'm walking into the, it's part of me walking into the unknown to be what I could be. So I, I'm, trying, I'm trying to, I'm trying to do that before you today. Right now, as an example. But I saw, especially for this church, this, uh, this is last night after I had all my notes written down. I saw, especially for everybody here, God almost letting down a rope and holding it and saying, are you going to grab it? I'm ready to take you to the next level. Can you grab the rope? There's the unknown. Up there is the unknown. Can you grab it? Can you go out into the unknown to become who you truly can be, your true, your full potential? I'm so, so tired. I'm in a state right now where I'm so tired of being in this same monotonous kind of, kind of way. Um, I'll be, I mean, I'll be 20 in October. So I'm, I'm, I don't know about you, but for me personally, I'm so ready to step out and to brave the unknown and become my full, true identity in Christ. I'm talking to me, but... I hope you guys feel the same way. Dad just texted me. I'm grabbing the rope so good. Thanks, Pop. 
two hates in the comments. So, question is, can you take the step, can you take the leap of faith when you walk into the unknown to, can you map out where you are, you know where you are, you see that you have an aim, you see Jesus in the distance, that's your aim, that's everything I could be. Can I brave the unknown, can I walk in that to walk into my full inheritance? So, that's about all I have to say, really. You got here quick. You did good. You did. You have something. Didn't he do good? It's my nephew. It's my buddy. I know his dad would do it if he was here. I'm proud of you. You did good. It is a big step at 19 years old to step onto a stage of an audience, not of just seasoned Christians and ministers of the gospel, but to thousands of people that's watching on Facebook. And, and I heard the Father say when you was up there and you said, it's just, I'm sick of it and I'm ready to step out into what God wants me to do and what God's purpose. And I, I heard the Father said that David was anointed three times before he was ever crowned king of Israel. You know, he was king of Judah and now he's king of Israel. And we all know that you were ordained from the time that you were conceived in your mother's womb. And I heard the Father say there's going to be doors open for you. Don't turn the doors away. That there's not just, and it's not going to be kids because of your age. Adults are going to do your dad the same thing. I mean, there's 80-year-old man calling your dad today. He's in his 40s saying, hey, man, what does this mean? And I feel like the Father needs to let you know today, you did good. You did good. You prepared. You abso it, absolutely, you, you blew it away. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you as an uncle. I'm proud as you a minister of gospel of True Vine Ministries. And I just want to let you know that the Father said doors are about to open them for you. Don't you be afraid of stepping out. So when the calls do come in, you don't have to worry about saying, God, is this you? It is him opening doors. Go give them the gospel and show them who they truly are in Jesus Christ. I'm proud of you. Well, he just said everything I was going to say, so <laughs> I'm very proud of Jacob. And, uh, yeah, proud of you. Step out. How many are grabbing that rope? You know, it doesn't matter how old we are. There's still another level. There's still another glory. There's still more that God has for us. So all of us, I mean, this may seem simple, but I just want you to put your hand up as if you were grabbing that rope today. Lord, we're grabbing that rope. We want to go into that unknown. Father, the plans that you have for us that we haven't seen, God, Lord, take us there, Father. We want to reach you, Lord Jesus. We want to do those things that you've called us to be. We don't want to be satisfied where we are, God, where there's more and we want it. And we're grabbing that rope. We're receiving that in Jesus' name. And the whole church says, Amen. Anything else you want to say? Did a good job. Okay, who's next? Jake and Abby, Isaac, Eli, all these people. I did say Jake and didn't I? I did say Jake and three times, didn't I? <laughs> Praise the Lord. God is good. 
God is good. Uh, what a word. Thank you, Jacob. Thank you for being obedient. And I love watching this generation spring forth. And um, I believe he's just the beginning of many. I do believe that. So very, very thankful. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. It's all glory goes back to him. Amen. Praise God. Well, I hope you all have a blessed week. I do want to, everybody, if you will, Barbara's having surgery on Tuesday, right? Let's put our hands that way. Ladies, if, if you can maybe go um, get a little closer, some of, some of you, if you feel led, but we want to have prayer. Um, she's having surgery on Tuesday. Uh, we are going to be blessing them with food and, and different things. If you want to be involved with that, please let us know. But, Father, we thank you, Lord, that you are guiding the doctors, the surgeons' hands, God, Lord, as she surrenders to that, Lord. And, Father, we know that you're there with her, Father, in that operating room, God, Lord, that you're guiding everything, Lord. We speak a sweet peace, Father, over her and her husband and her family, Lord. Father, we speak a quick healing, Father, Lord, that there won't be any complications, no kind of issues, God. And we speak to that cancer that it will dry up and that she will never have to face this again. And we're thankful, Lord, that we can step out, God, knowing that you're right there. And uh, we just give you praise, God. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing and what you'll be doing and that you'll always be with her in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, anyone else? All hearts clear? Everybody good? All right. Have a great week. Rejoice in the Lord. Reach for that rope. <laughs>